Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Greetings, salutations, and hello. I am Scott Pianowski, and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. Presented by Planters, they've been satisfying your snack cravings for over 100 years here with Dalton Del Don, my main man. And you know what satisfied me today, Dalton? Uh, the World Series. You know, some World Series are more exciting than others. Obviously, 2020 has been a year of unique challenges. I thought we had memorable games. Nobody's going to forget Game 4. Nobody's going to forget the stuff at the in the middle of the game with Blake Snell. Should he come out? Was Nick Anderson the right guy to bring in? You know, Mookie Betts was out of his mind. Uh, just felt like a, a really exciting series. And I was satisfied, not not just by the planners, keep those cashews coming, but the Dodgers were so dominant for such a long time that it, it felt like they were, at this point, owed a, a world championship. I, I'm just glad that they got validated for a decade of dominance. I, I know you're a Giants fan, so maybe you're going to thumbs down on that, but uh, I, I got a good, satisfying feeling from the World Series. Yeah, I'm happy for you. I, uh, I had the opposite feeling of that, not just as a Giants fan, but I had a big uh, raise ticket to Futures to win the World Series. So very, very close. I had the 49ers at 40 to 1 that would have paid off uh, pretty well. And the Rays would have would have been a, a decent one last night and uh, didn't go my way. And uh, pretty frustrating, man. You get you get close, but um, didn't didn't quite. Fit. I, I know the Dodgers obviously get the best team in baseball. It's been a long time coming. Happy for Kershaw. Um, crazy the way that ended with Justin Turner leaving the game. Um, but yeah, man, personally, uh, that was a brutal, brutal night. And I've, I've been crying all night. I've been wiping my tears. Well, hedge life, man. I, I can't say it enough. Hedge life. I, I do want to say uh, another thing that satisfied me today was listening to a little bit of Back in Black from ACDC, which was kind of our theme from last week where you had a really good week in staff picks and I had a winning week too. And if you want to get in the black with us, how about checking out what's going on with BetMGM, the official odds provider of this podcast. Uh, they've been partnering up with Yahoo. And did you know that new users can get a $25 bonus upon registration? There's no deposit required. You can use it immediately, and you also receive a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 with that first deposit. You can sign up at betmgm.com slash yahoo. Promo is valid for new users in New Jersey, West Virginia, Indiana, Colorado, must be 21 years or older. Terms do apply. So, Dalton, I think you were 9-5 and five last week. You're going to you guarantee at least nine wins this week? Oh yeah, guarantee for sure. Uh, yeah, no, decent. Week, yeah, no, that is not the truth. Um, yeah, decent week against spread. Um, yeah, thank you for making me feel better after my my uh, Rays issue. You know, I believe I picked the Dodgers over the Rays uh, pre, uh, before the season as my World Series pick. Uh, I say that because I, I'm thinking back. I picked the Cowboys to make the Super Bowl this year, and I can't think of. I might have picked the worst team in the NFL. I, I might have picked the worst team in the NFL to make the Super Bowl. I'm thinking. I, I can't remember being so off on at least I didn't bet on them you know at a long shot or whatever but man just bragging about my the futures picks and then thinking about I wanted to be, be sure to back to reality here uh Cowboys I might literally might have picked the worst team in football the Cowboys not not the Oklahoma State Cowboys not the cocaine Cowboys not a pair of kings in poker you know how about them Cowboys <laughs> not the Jimmy Johnson Cowboys the Dallas Cowboys uh, by the way, I'm not sure we'll talk about that Philly-Dallas game because there currently isn't a line on the game. We don't know who the Dallas quarterback is going to be. Like, that matters at this point. Dallas down about 17 offensive linemen. What a – you know, I, I they haven't covered all season, by the way. They, yeah, not, not only are right. they 2-5, and five, but they're now that the Jets have finally broken their maiden, they got, they got the money last week against Buffalo. Buffalo attempting a crazy eight field goals. That was just bananas. But <laughs> – so Dallas is the one team that they've lost. If you would, if you were smart enough to get to figure this out, 
that Dalton was wrong on the Cowboys and you had been fading that all along, you'd be, you'd be printing money. So uh, let's see if we can roll some of that over. Uh, Atlanta is at Carolina, the Thursday night game. It looks like we might get Christian McCaffrey back. The kind of plucky Panthers are two and a half point favorites in this game. And the over under is 48 and a half. What are you making of Falcons Panthers? I took the Panthers less than three short week home team, solid team. Uh, Atlanta's actually allowing the most yards per play uh, in the NFL. Carolina's getting the same amount of yards per play as the Chiefs this season. Um, but so the Falcons are such a tough team. Which team are you going to get? I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they showed their A game and won on the road here, but uh, I took Carolina. I took Carolina too for a lot of the reasons you mentioned. And I know I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I, I'm shocked that this young defense that I thought was going to be a mess. I know they're giving up a lot of rushing production in the NFL. Really, pass defense is what matters. And I think the last I checked, they had the, the best YPA defense in the league, meaning they were allowing the lowest yep. YPA. And Still. that's one of the most key stats, you know, stopping somebody else's passing game. They don't get a lot of a pass rush. It's usually more of a coverage defense. You would think Matt Ryan, you know, maybe could figure that out. We know the Falcons are a totally different offense when they have Julio Jones in there. But I got to, you know, when you get less than the three, and I know I know home field advantage is a totally different animal this year with most most crowds just don't exist. And, you know, maybe it's like a two-point edge, a one-and-a-half-point edge. It certainly doesn't feel like the full three rule applies anymore. But still, when I see a home team on Thursday night where, where the teams look kind of similar and the spread is negligible, you're really just picking a winner here, it's hard for me not to take Carolina. That is a wild stat. The Panthers still are allowing the fewest YPA in, in football. Who'd expected that with the defense? Meanwhile, the Falcons have allowed the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. So fire up Bridgewater. And let's hear it for the Falcons. You know, just when you thought they had figured out every possible way to lose, they'd covered every possible <laughs> bingo square. They lose because Todd Gurley scored a touchdown when he wasn't supposed to. I mean, that's well done. That photo of Gurley. You know, it looked like he had been shot, you know. Thankfully, you know, he's alive and well. But he's down at the one-yard line, and there's the Lions defense signaling touchdown. It's just one of my favorite moments of the year, man. It was awesome. And you think CMC's possible return doesn't really matter, factor in your line decision here, right? Mike Davis will probably be involved either way. Even if, if CMC does return, it'll be on a limited basis. Well, I know it's kind of cutesy and trendy to say running backs don't matter. But when it comes to the Vegas Lions, they don't care. Running backs don't move point spreads. They don't. They won't treat Carolina much different if Mike Davis is playing or if Christian McCaffrey is playing. I, I mean, maybe maybe a half point or a point. I mean, it's not like when the quarter. Yeah, as, as I talked about with Dallas, we don't know who the quarterback is. We we know the quarterback will probably be pretty lousy, but there's still no point spread because that's how important that position is. But other positions don't affect the spread really. Yeah. No. Yeah. Even with a dyna- dynamic one like McCaffrey, but I guess Davis has been. Equally up to the task with the targets. But yeah, the Gurley thing was hilarious. He even realized it right then. And then, of course, uh, it results in a loss. That was a wild finish last week, for sure. Let's get to the next game. Indianapolis at Detroit. Man, the, the Lions, what a happy... You know, the, I'm always used to the Lions just losing by getting screwed by the officials or something bizarre happening. I, I guess when the Falcons and Lions play, somebody has to lose in a crazy macabre way. But the Lions got the win last week. They're still underdogs at home. They're, they're getting two and a half against the Colts. And a 50 and a half over under. What do you make of this game? I went Lions when I sent in staff picks. I was thinking more plus three, plus two and a half. Obviously, like a lot less. Lions, I don't believe, have won at home this season. Indy's coming off a bye. They have the far superior coaching. Um, I could see Jonathan Taylor, them using the the bye to get the rookie running backs. That's been a thing lately. I could see Jonathan Taylor having a nice game. But I took the home dog. Um, but Detroit's one of those teams. Who knows? Uh, this would be a stay away for me. Indy definitely has the the best, de- the better defense by far. I'm conflicted with the Lions because I, I'm not a Patricia totally. guy and I don't understand why uh, Swift is 14 years younger than Adrian Peterson. If you want to use Adrian Peterson as an understudy, as a change of pace, as even a short yardage back, I don't have a problem with that. But you got a rookie, early second round pick from the SEC who looks talented, who looks like a better player, certainly a better pass receiver, which would open up the playbook for you. I don't know why. I mean, maybe they're amping up to it because Swift has been playing more in the last couple of games, but I don't know why he doesn't shove Peterson out of the way. What's this need to get Peterson 13 to 14 touches every week? No, nah, it's bizarre. I know it's frustrating. I, what are you going to, I mean, Patricia, though, it's expected. It's been that way with backs 
from the beginning. And what is, oh yeah, Cam Akers isn't even getting a touch. This is exactly the time you should be playing your running backs is early, not on the second contract. Don't give Zeke Elliott the second second contract. Give these early backs all the carries they can handle now and then let them sign somewhere else. So it's wasting a resource too. I mean, I'm with you. I don't understand why Swift is not seeing the majority of the touches. I apologize if you hear my lawn more in the background. I Matt Patricia must be mowing the neighbor's <laughs> lawn. And another reason why Patricia should be fired immediately isn't it just bizarre? I, I did take the Lions here because I think they have a talented team. But isn't it bizarre when we talk about rookie running backs? When did everything change? It used to be the rookie running backs were the plug-in plays, and you didn't want to touch a rookie receiver. With in the rare, I know the 2014 class was a little bit unusual, but for the most part, if you stayed away from rookie receivers for like 12 years, you were doing it right. Every once in a while, a Calvin Johnson would pop up, but or Mari Cooper was pretty good, but so many guys would miss, and we would say, "Oh, year two, year three, come back and, and see him then." And now all these receiver rookie receivers, not every one of them, but so many of them are good right away. Oh, and naturally it happens in the year with the shortened uh, preseason too, right? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, uh, Yeah, Justin Jefferson's been borderline top five or something after a slow start even. It's crazy. Yeah, the rookie receivers I didn't see coming at all like this. But there's still hope for Taylor a big second half and Swift a big second half. But um, yeah, man, give these guys more touches. You mentioned Justin Jefferson. He factors into our next game as the Vikings get their rematch against Green Bay. Green Bay spotting the full touchdown in this game and a very juicy 53 and a half total. Sounds like Dalvin Cook will probably be back. We'll have to check on that later in the week. But, you know, is Minnesota giving up? They traded in Gakwe kind of cheaply. And, you know, I, I just when I thought they were turning the corner with that Seattle game, which they easily could have won, then they just laid an egg against the Falcons the following week. Now they're off their bye. Uh, I felt like I hate spotting big points like this in a divisional game, but I'm just afraid that Minnesota is thinking 2021. Yep, I'm with you. I laid the points. Didn't love it. Could see a backdoor cover here. Cousins in that offense can move the ball. Um, but man, the Packers proved that the aberration was the game against the Bucks' elite defense, not the start to the season. They're protecting Rodgers so well. I think they dominate the line of scrimmage here. And uh, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, laying the points and seems like a sweetheart uh, team to throw in a teaser as well. Have you given any thought to – I don't play a lot of keeper formats for football. I'm mostly seasonal and, and MFLs and, and best balls. And, of course, you can do those on Yahoo now and and um, other formats. But I don't do a lot of keeper leagues. But if you had to have a rookie keeper receiver, you know, Lamb, Judy, Jefferson's been terrific. Do you have a preference in that group? It's a great question. I would probably still stick with Lamb and just assume he's going to be tied with Dak and he looks good. But man, Jefferson jumps out there. Uh, Claypool looks like a star, but I'd like to be tied to a young quarterback and and I'm assuming Dak returns. So I would lean toward toward Lamb. But man, Jefferson's putting up uh, so many numbers. And can I apologize last week? uh, And I, I will not recommend uh, MVS yet again. And it's pretty funny that I, I talked about Bradley Roby, maybe somewhat slowing uh, Adams. He left after one snap and there was no adjustments to a, a double team whatsoever. And Adams, it's either you had him in DFS and you cashed or you didn't and you didn't and you had zero. Unbelievable. But that was just funny how that transcended. And, and MVS, literally a goose egg. So uh, no matter what, how, how well his position, how favorable his situation looks, uh, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with MVS too. I, you know, he said... A- not that long ago that he had no use for fantasy football, which is his choice. We have no use for him anymore. We have no use for him either. I just want to say it's, it's it's a mutually (laughs) beneficial breakup. You know, he can, he can ignore fantasy and fantasy can ignore him. And and man, Adams puts, put on such a clinic in Houston. They should have paid tuition. I mean, that was, that was how to just embarrass a, a opposing secondary for three hours. Totally. I didn't mean to veer off Pina. What was your answer to the wide receiver question? The rookie. I, I like the way you phrased it with Lamb because he's going to be tied with Dak. I mean, I, I, I feel like Pittsburgh's going to have to change their quarterback pretty yeah, soon. Right, exactly. And, um, and maybe Minnesota, too. I don't right. know that Cousins is a long-term answer, too. I, I, and, you know, I, my appreciation for Dak grows when I see what's happened since he – I thought Dalton might be 70 or 80%. You know, the offense would still be – have some buoyancy. It's, it's – they're the Titanic right now. They are, you know, under – they are buried under sewage. It could get only worse if, if, if Dalton doesn't return. But I will just say it was one bad game that featured two lost fumbles by Zeke and a drop mm-hmm. touchdown by Gallup. And then a, Washington's tough. They got healthy, the, off, their defensive line. That was a bad, bad matchup with all the offensive linemen hurt. I really don't, in the right matchup, and in Philly and banged up, concussed, is, is not one of them. But moving forward, I feel like that offense could be not the absolute worst if Dalton's healthy in better matchups. And people are just now writing them off like they're the worst because of last week's recency, which was ugly. But I just want to point out that 
that Washington setup was was not good. But yeah, if they got, you know, their third stringer in there and their 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 offensive line looks so devastated, it definitely could be ugly once again in Philly for sure. I know I understand why the line's off, and but I would be remiss if I didn't say rookie receivers. We didn't mention Brandon Ayuk, who actually does look pretty good. Yeah, it looks like Debo Samuel, except he gets more downfield work. Exactly. Yeah, I know they run the same jet sweeps, but the, and that downfield thing happened in the preseason too. The beat riders are like, whoa, they're treating him far different than they have Debo. He runs the whole route tree. So we'll see if he can stay healthy and, uh, and you know, up Garoppolo never throws the ball downfield, but they might be forced to with all these running back injuries. So And Debo hurts. So Ayuk is uh, obviously far behind those others as rookie receivers, but this week I actually have him ranked very bullishly. So a, a high, uh, well, not Jefferson, but probably the second highest among all the rooks. Now, from rookie receivers and rookie running backs, let's talk about a rookie quarterback. Miami's finally got Tua in the saddle. He's getting his first start. The Rams are coming into Miami. Uh, the Rams are favored on the road, minus three and a half, off a strong win against Chicago on Monday. Very tepid 45 and a half total. I took Miami here. I, I don't really know what to expect from Tua. In fact, I would try to be tempered with my expectations there. But I like Flores. I feel like Miami plays hard against everybody. The Rams are on the short week. They have to travel. So I leaned Miami. This is not a game I would actually bet on myself, but uh, Miami was my pick. It makes more sense of realizing that Miami's bye week was moved. So if they had the plan all along and then they had to kind of abruptly change it in hindsight. So it makes a little bit more sense there. So I, I fully am aware this is kind of the sucker side, laying more than field goal on the road, especially a team coming off a bye. And I don't want to overrate the old rookie QB. But, you know, Tua making his first start against really this Rams defense is playing really well. I think they could run the ball with success against Miami. Miami's sneakily really good against the pass, but they can get ran on. And I think uh, Rams like the, the Bears. I think they're going to play with the lead here and with the rookie QB. Um, I'm actually laying the points. I think they're going to dominate the line of sc- scrimmage. And I actually marked the Rams as one of my three or four favorite bets this week. Let me ask you in the two backfields, is Daryl Henderson in the circle of trust and is Miles Gaskin in the circle of trust? Well, Miles Gaskins actually has a higher floor, and I trust him more. But this week, I ranked Henderson slightly higher because his ceiling's so much higher. Just again, I said Miami can beat ran on, and uh, I mean Malcolm Brown comes into the goal line too. It's very frustrating for Henderson, but he's very, very good, and the setup's right. He could just have one of those blow up games. So uh, I like Henderson's ceiling more, but uh, Gaskins more trustworthy. Yeah, I trust both of them. I, I have a bunch of Gaskin shares on some of my teams, and I'm I'm not even thinking about him anymore. He's right. locked in as a starter. I don't do right. any work, any analysis. Obviously, they they moved Howard out of the picture a few weeks ago. And hats off to the Rams coaching staff. They had a mediocre offensive line last year, and without a lot of player turnover, they're the last I checked, number one in a, in a, yep. um, adjusted line yards on football outsiders, which is a run blocking metric. Basically, they fixed their offensive line overnight. That, that's so. Heck of a feat and obviously changes the scope of their offense. Yeah, they're the number one rushing offense. Uh, sorry, yeah, rushing offense in DVOA. And um, the, the, yeah, the Dolphins are, are very poor against the run. So I, I like the mismatch there for, for Henderson this week. 32, Dolphins dead last in, in rush defense DVOA. And the, and the Rams are number one rush offense DVOA. It doesn't always work that way. But on paper, you know, it doesn't look ideal for Miami. No, I'm, even, I'm even liking Henderson a little bit more. Speaking of rushing attacks, we know the Tennessee Titans like to run the ball with their big guy. Derrick Henry, and they're six-point favorites on the road at Cincinnati. 54.5 is the total. I'm sensing we probably won't have Joe Mixon back this week. Uh, There's a bye week for Cincinnati next week, and, of course, they're not going anywhere this year. So why rush their featured back yet? What are you doing with the Titans and Bengals? I took the points here. Um, Titans are a really good football team. Totally believe in them, but they don't have a great defense to be laying nearly a touchdown on the road, and they they get the, the benefits of some turnovers here and there. So... Um, I think it's going to be relatively close. So I took the points. I took the points too. I'm I'm kind of a Burrow fan. I, I feel they can move the ball on anybody. I'll admit I left AJ Green for dead, and I, I still think they should try to trade him. I don't, I don't know if they've been talking to anybody. I don't think he's a long term answer here. I like T Higgins. I like Tyler Boyd, but he's been productive lately, which gives uh, Burrow three good targets. And I know the offensive line stinks, and it's hard to watch Burrow get hit so much. But I just feel that Cincinnati will score. And maybe Tennessee takes the foot off the gas, you know. I mean, the the argument with Tennessee, as much as they've been a fun team and a productive team, is that they still have a lot of games where they throw 20 to 25 passes. I mean, you know, they they only really step on the accelerator when they're pushed to do so. And so I I feel like Cincinnati can either keep the game close or maybe they just get the backdoor cover. It's cheap to say, oh, maybe I'll get a backdoor cover. I mean, I feel like you can say that with any underdog, but 
Um, I, feel, I feel like Cincinnati is specifically equipped to go in that back door. I think this game's going to be faster paced. And man, getting A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, and Jonu Smith healthy, Ryan Tannehill's a sneaky fantasy play. He runs, he's playing well. Uh, man, uh, I know Derek Henry had that monster game, but he struggled moving the ball at times too. So I could see Tannehill having a real nice fantasy game here, but uh, I'm with you on the, and taking the points. And you like to invest in those games with a 54 and a half total, just, you know, mana from the gods for fantasy purposes. The New York Jets, they finally got their cover. And now we got the re- one of the revenge games. A lot of revenge on this slate. The Le'Veon Bell revenge game. His Chiefs, 19 and a half point favorites. It was actually 20 and a half not that long ago. It's come down. The Jets money is steaming in Dalton. And the total is 48 and a half. The biggest spread of the year. One of the biggest spreads you'll ever see. I remember the, the year the Patriots went undefeated. They were favored mid-20s, I want to say, against Philadelphia. It might have even been like 25 or 26. But 19 and a half is a huge number. What are you doing with this game? Yeah, last week I joked that it was the Wes Welker revenge game because he's the 49ers uh, wide receivers coach uh, these days. But I took the points here. That's so many points, especially, um, I don't know, the, the Chiefs are Chiefs are playing well, but uh, talking about a backdoor cover. But with Sam Darnold there, I know Gase is such a joke, but man, that's that's an awful lot of points. So I, I, t- I took them and didn't really think twice about it here. What were your thoughts, Pino? Well, you know what? I've been picking the Jets every week and hating myself for it. I also have picked Dallas way too many times, and we know how that ends up. So I was thinking about this. Usually with a huge spread, I just reflexively take the underdog. I don't even think twice about it. But then I thought a little bit more. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to – this is not going to be a game I bet on. I'm not going to tease it. I just don't want to bet on the garbage that's going to – you're going to be betting on a game situation that isn't anywhere close at the end of the game. That's what you're going to be betting on. And I thought, you know what? If I bet the Chiefs, at least I don't have to suffer with Adam Gase for three hours. I may be wrong and maybe they'll play well and I'll be mad at Gase for pulling out the rug from me. But – I just don't want to have – I don't want to be in the car with Adam Gase for three hours. I just want that three hours to belong to me. So that's why I took the Chiefs. I'm not sure it's a solid reason. Again, I'm not going to bet on this game. There will be other games. Yeah. In fact, the next game I'm definitely going to bet on, but um, that's on our slate. But I, I, I tend to like Adam bigger Gase spreads. I, t- I tend to like bigger spreads less uh, just in general, double-digit more as far as putting my own money on. Are you the same? I mean I've used them in teasers, but I, I – yep. uh, Yeah, okay. And especially I like bet. I want to bet on a team who's – incentive in the game aligns with mine. So when you bet on a game with a small spread or you, you tease a team, like I teased the Chargers last week down to like minus one. So I'm basically saying win the game for me. So the way they will approach it, I won't get I won't get hurt if they go into a prevent because they're up by two scores or something like that. I'm aligned. Their interest is aligned with my interest. No doubt. Uh, yeah, uh, no, I, I'm with you on that. And, and who's to yeah. What, what is the motivation when the, when the Chiefs are up 24 points late in the fourth quarter? They give up, you know, and they're not even playing defense. So it's yeah, I try to avoid those. That, well, I will say what's crazy about the 19, 19 and a half point spread is the uh, what's the over under in this game? It's uh, only 48 and a half. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. You know, you think a big spread. So uh, I think this, the, the over-under is typically higher there. So a point goes a long way. So Man. basically the implied totals are like 34-14 <laughs> or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Can the yeah. Jets even get to 14? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, yeah, I'll take know. the points, but I don't feel good about it. Definitely stay away. Yeah, it's a stay away from me too, although I will lay the spot in staff picks. Let me ask you this. We joke about revenge games. And, and a lot of times I say, look, there's revenge in every snap. You know, turnover so much, coaches bounce around. Somebody's mad at somebody. But Le'Veon Bell and the Jets had a bad divorce, okay? Do you think there's any chance – do you buy into the narrative of the Chiefs are way ahead and Andy Reid might say, hey, you know, we're at the goal line. Here, Bell, go score a touchdown. Go, go spike the ball and, you know, and smile as you run off the field. Do you think – do you like Bell anymore because he's got the Jets or do you think, yeah, I don't care who he's playing? Uh, most of the times I don't uh, go for that narrative, but this time I'm buying. I ranked him 17th, which seems aggressive comparing it to ECR right now, uh, especially with a 20-point favorite you know, setup. Uh, yes, I, I do think that Andy Reid is absolutely the type of coach also. The setup is so perfect. He can joke about revenge games like I just did with Wes Welker. But no, I mean, yeah, with, with what just happened with the Jets and the Bell, I think it's a real thing. And yeah, I'm going to rank him as a borderline top 15 fantasy back this week. I'm with you, too. Normally, I think it's overblown. I mean, it's something fun to joke about on Twitter or whatever, but I don't factor it in. And I, don't don't misunderstand. I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not going to rank Bell over Edward Allaire or anything like that. But I do. this is one time where I'm actually going to apply it in my rankings. I don't have Bell anywhere, so I won't have to worry about playing him. Now, here's another grudge match. The <laughs> Patriots, who have owned the Buffalo Bills in the Bill Belichick era. I looked this up. Belichick's 35-5 and five straight up since he joined New England against Buffalo. And he's been favored 
This is going to be the fifth time the Buffalo's favored over New England. Buffalo's a three and a half point favorite in this game. Uh, the total is just 42 and a half. Of course, you know, a lot of those games were tied to Tom Brady. Last I checked, Cam Newton is not Tom Brady. He just, he looks like a guy who's hurt right now. I could only take the Bills. I thought this line should have been six, six and a half, something like that. I know Buffalo hasn't played great of late, but what's New England done lately that gives you any confidence this is a good football team? I'm with you. I laid the points as well. Um, as much as I'd love to give my Niners credit, uh, that, uh, the New England was unimpressive, and something just doesn't seem right with Cam Newton. So th- they're improve it to me that they're not one of the bottom three or four teams in the NFL. I was wrong, you know. I said I'd, I'm betting on Belichick over Brady this year. Um, one team might be the bottom five, and the other might be the Super Bowl favorite right now. So props to Brady for choosing the right uh, path. And um, I'm surprised the way the season's gone for for New England here. So yeah, as uh, I don't think the Bills are elite, but I, I would have probably predicted this spread be like six and a half if I had guessed the line. I agree with you. I was willing to write off the Denver loss for the Patriots to COVID. Cam's not, you know, hasn't been in his regular routine. They was they weren't able to practice, all that stuff. And then I thought, while having full respect for Shanahan and the Niners, I thought this is the week where they circle the wagons. This is the week where Belichick, off a loss, the team was embarrassed. We'll at least get a good effort from them. They may not win, but I thought New England was a good side last week. And it's like, you know, 10 minutes in, I'm like, oh, this ticket's on fire. I'll just throw it in the trash. And they look horrible. And Cam just doesn't look, you know, he doesn't look right. I, I don't think anybody would think right now that he's healthy or in a good headspace, or maybe there's been a slow recovery from COVID. I, it's hard to speculate what's wrong. And I, I say it sympathetically. Nobody wants to see these guys struggle or, you know, be at risk out there. But I, I was glad they pulled him last week for his own benefit. I was afraid he was going to get hurt, you know, hurt even worse or something bad could happen. And even if Cam's healthy, who the heck is he throwing to? I, I'm going to table my normal Nikhil Harry rant. You, you guys have all heard it by now. Uh, Edelman's 34. Demir Bird is a journeyman. They can't seem to draft a tight end. I don't like their offensive linemen. They have a bunch of respectable running backs, but nobody that you're really afraid of. I just don't see the pieces here. I like New England secondary, but they had a ton of opt-outs on defense. It's like, what is this team good at? I don't really see anything. Yeah, it's not like Stidham has looked any better. You know, I really was worried about Brady this year because that advanced stats show that he was so bad the second half last year. But when I had Ben Baldwin on the guest podcast this summer, he, he pointed out that the system matters a lot in that. And we're looking at Cam Newton in that system struggling. So it's a, it's a combination of all this. Maybe Newton's feeling the after effects or, or you know, the guy had missed a couple years and he'd always been dealing with injuries and he wasn't the most accurate quarterback before. So I expected these struggles, not him going into Seattle and throwing for 500 yards immediately. But yeah, there's a lot of factors going against New England and, I don't know. I mean, when does Belichick flip the let's let's go after Trevor Lawrence? I mean, is that is that secretly been the plan? So many people opted out of playing this year. This year, I don't know. It's really weird. It's going on. Everyone let Cam Newton sign for free, and then he suddenly looked like an MVP candidate. And now here we are talking. You know, a couple weeks later, like they're one of the three worst teams in the league. Maybe that Seattle game was a lot about Seattle's defense being yeah. awful. I think Cam's highest passing yardage the rest of the year is like 178 or something like that he has I know he hasn't gone over 200 in any other game and you know part of it you want him to run the ball but I think Buffalo's a strong pick I could never take New England here I've already bought a ticket down to minus three and that will be you know I I think the Patriots should be getting ready for next year I don't think even if they somehow fix this I don't think they have any upside so why not get ready for next season Uh, another matchup another divisional rivalry grudge match one of the Two best games of the year is always when the Steelers and Ravens play, and uh, Baltimore's off their bye. Four-point favorites over Pittsburgh. The total is in the low side of things, 45-and-a-half. What are you doing with the Steelers and Ravens? Yeah, give me the points here. Um, yeah, I don't know. Home field I don't think is going to be quite as impactful as usual, and I just think both these passing offenses have not been great. But I'm more improve-it mode for the Ravens and the, obviously both elite defenses. Uh, I think this game is going to come down to the very end. Either team could win. So the fact that it's more than three is actually one of the, the games I like the most this week. Steelers in the points. I went back and forth on this one, and it's not something that I'm going to actually bet on. But you know, we have to make picks, and we have to have opinions and leans and all that. My first thought was like, oh, it's more than three. I, I want to take Pittsburgh. But the more I thought about it, Baltimore's rested off the bye. Yep. Pittsburgh just played a very physical game with the Titans, you know, the team that grinds you. You know, they they make you, you hit, the pads crackle every snap against the Titans. The Titans and Ravens always a physical game. Of course, this will be a physical game too. And I don't know what to make of Roethlisberger. I love Claypool. I love Deontay Johnson. I still think Juju has ability. You know, they don't seem to be a great fit right now. I know they did target him a lot. 
Uh, James Washington was kind of phased out a little bit, but he's a talented player. Ebron's look good at times. I think Connors are a good running back, a good offensive line. I like everything in the Pittsburgh offense, except I'm really not sure who Roethlisberger is. He threw three picks last week, one in the red zone that was unforgivable. Uh, you need to get points there. He just handed the ball away. His YPA was five and a half, I want to say. People are like, oh, hey, he threw 49 passes. Yeah, they, they, for, for what? They didn't go anywhere. And against the ten- Tennessee defense, that's nothing special. If I were Pittsburgh, they have such a good defense. They have such good infrastructure on offense. They need to figure out who their next quarterback is. I don't know how much longer Roethlisberger will be an asset for them. I'm not sure he is right now. So that ultimately not trusting Roethlisberger is what pushed me to the Ravens. I totally hear you. It's not the greatest setup for Pittsburgh, too. They're going to lose a game eventually, and they just played a tough one, whereas Baltimore's coming off the bye. Maybe they they fix some issues there, but... I just see them dominating the line of scrimmage and just being an ugly game that's going to come down to the very end and getting full full four points I will happily take. But um, I hear you. I do think the Ravens will win this game. We've got the Raiders traveling, the Las Vegas Raiders traveling to Cleveland off their uh, exciting, uh, albeit um, also kind, kind of sad, win over the Bengals because they lost Odell Beckham early in that game. He's out for the season. The Browns are a three-point favorite. And it's got a robust 50 and a half total. Man, is that Raiders defense awful? Because I don't trust the, I almost said Oakland. I don't trust the Vegas defense. And I'm worried about where their offensive line is right now. I had to take Cleveland minus three. I also think maybe Beckham's talented, but he's such an odd guy. I wonder if maybe Mayfield just might be more relaxed without Beckham. I'm not going to say flat out he's better without Beckham because you know you want a talented guy, but Beckham comes with some baggage, too. And it wasn't it interesting that after that terrible start for Mayfield, he throws the pick for incompletions. He didn't throw an incompletion the rest of the day other than the spike on the final possession of the game. He, he had like 22 completions in a row. He looked terrific. And this is without his starting running back, his ostensibly best receiver, and his starting tight end. And he looked like the number one pick he was a few years ago. Anyway, give me the Browns. I think there's something to that. Absolutely. I mean, a couple weeks back, there was footage of him apologizing to Beckham after throwing a touchdown to someone else. Like, be patient. Be patient. It'll come to you. Uh, there might be, it might be more than just anecdotal evidence there. And I love this at two and a half. I still like it at three. One of my favorite bets of the week. I, this, the, the Browns are set up to bully the Raiders here uh, at the line of scrimmage. And I, I have Hunt, I believe, my number one fantasy back this week. I uh, love his setup. Um, I'm with you laying the points here. Um Derek Carr has played very, very well. But, uh, yeah, if Mayfield can look anything close resembling how he looked last week, uh, I really like the Browns. But even their normal version, I think they're going to run the ball a lot and win with defense here. And, boy, Harrison Bryant. Um, I, I'd heard good things about what a very intriguing prospect, uh, but buried behind Austin Hooper and Njoku. But he looks like a really interesting uh, player moving forward. I was wondering if you spent any uh, FAB money on either him or – on Higgins this week uh, in, you know, with the new Browns offense going forward? Yes, I've tried to get both. And Higgins, I've, I ranked aggressively top 30 this week because Landry's playing with a broken rib and he just hasn't looked quite right. And uh, yeah, Higgins has performed and given the opportunity. And yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm bullish on both, actually. I mean, Hooper could come back and fade Bryant away immediately. But um, definitely keep your eye on him and, and Higgins for sure. One of the things I like about the Browns, in a year where it seems like most teams have problems on the offensive line they have a good offensive line and they haven't missed a beat Nick Chubb's a good football player and their running game is just as strong without Chubb and Hunt played I want to say 92 percent of the snaps or something crazy last week so you you don't have to worry about the guys behind him they've pushed all their chips in on Hunt I think he's somebody you almost have to play in DFS this week yeah I know his price affordably as well we'll talk about later I like his price in Yahoo and I'm with you like I said I, I really have him ranked number one right now and have PPR I, I mean Kamara's at Chicago and have PPR I have their their work, total workhorse without Chubb and that setup the Raiders have allowed the most fantasy points to running backs so yeah all in on Kareem Hunt running backs are definitely on my mind in this next game the Chargers are at the Broncos so it's the Melvin Gordon revenge game and, and they might need a lot of Melvin Gordon because we're not sure about Philip Lindsay's status off a concussion uh, the Chargers kind of junked the running game last week and just said, hey, Justin, just win the game for us. And Justin Herbert's been terrific. The Chargers on the road, a three-point favorite, just a 44-and-a-half total. Maybe that's a comment on Drew Locke. What do you make of the Chargers and Broncos? I took the points, the home dog, but I do not like going against Herbert. Just uh, say future star. He might already be a star. And the fact that he runs also is just so nice for fantasy. And he's throwing to other, you know, third, fourth options. Jalen Guyton deep. Um, So, so impressive. Uh, But this Denver defense is good. um, And we're still not sure the Chargers are good enough to 
you know, be giving three points against a divisional foe such as uh, the Broncos with with their defense. Where did you lean here, Pino? Yeah, it's all my whole everything in my heart wanted the Chargers. I want to be on this Herbert train. It's so much right. fun, and the right. Broncos lock just just soul crushing and. Just when it looked like maybe Lindsey was going to take over the backfield, he got an injury, and now that's uncertain. And I'm a huge Noah Fant guy, and he's been hurt off and on this season, and they lost Sutton. So it's like I, I want to – the Chargers are the fun team. But then my head says, you know, it's a home dog, and the Broncos have a good defense, and and maybe there's been an overcorrection because the Chargers have looked so good. They've kind of become like a, a public little team. I mean, when they first moved to Los Angeles, we'd all joke they have no fans, right? And you know, they play 16 road games, and Anthony Lynn wasn't always the coach that we really believed in. But now I think the Chargers are a little bit of a trendy team, and I, I just had to reflexively take the line value with the Broncos. Tim Patrick's banged up too, but Albert O looks impressive at tight end. Um, yeah, so we came to the same conclusion here. Don't love betting against uh, Herbert at all, but it feels like the shrewd move is to take the points here. I love that he's always Albert O. Nobody ever yeah, says oh, his yeah. last name. It's like it's yeah. like Karen O of the Yeah Yeah Yeahs, the lead yeah, singer. Well, you know, I don't know yeah. what her real name is. I just know her as yeah. Karen O. And uh, you know, I don't, I'm not even sure I know Albert O's that last name. I just yeah. know he's Albert O, and he's uh, he's uh, intriguing. They have so much skill talent on that team. I just wish they had a quarterback that I could believe in because I don't think Drew Locke's that guy. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, I don't believe in your San Francisco 49ers uh, with the, the handsome one, Jimmy G. Smashed my Patriots into oblivion last week, and now they're catching three and a half points at the Seahawks. Total, as most Seattle games, has a robust 55, 52 and a half on that total. Do we know who the starting running back is on either one of these teams? Of course, Shanahan's never going to tell us that. All sorts of injuries on the Seattle side. I, I did make a few DJ Dallas pickups. I, I have a lot of Jermichael Hasty. I was disappointed he wasn't playing more last week, but... I mean, geez, they, they did so well even before Hasty got involved. I mean, how could you question Shanahan? What do you make of the Niners and Seahawks? Yeah, how dare you? Uh, my guy Jimmy G had, this, I believe, the lowest ADOT last week and the second highest YPA, man. The, the downfield chemistry he's developing, these youngsters. Do they even measure his impressive. ADOT? Does, does his ADOT even measure? I mean, I don't, I don't know how they pick that up. Do they have some kind of satellite from space or something? I don't know. Debo Samuel, minus 45 air yards the last two weeks. I mean, that is just Ground yards. They should be ground yeah, yards with, yeah, exactly. with, with Jimmy G. Oh, There's no totally error. incredible. Um, he so, he yeah, hands they, off 50 times a game. He doesn't even throw passes. Uh, I, I actually like Jimmy Garoppolo in fantasy uh, this week because of the setup. I mean, the, the uh, Seahawks are obviously going to put up points against this banged-up Niners defense at will. There's the running backs. are down to their fourth or fifth string, and Kittle and Ayuk are there. So I do uh, actually like Jimmy G for a, a decent kind of a sneaky, maybe even DFS play. But I like the Seahawks to cover just three points here. Uh, boy, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I think the Niners injuries are going to catch up to them here in Seattle. Um, yeah, coming off that loss, Russell Wilson... Uh, just the standard three, that offense, uh, I would be surprised if the Niners uh, pull this off. I love the Kevin Clark joke. I always mention it, that the Seahawks have never played a normal game. Yeah. And it sure seems like they don't. I wish this could be flexed. And I wish Seah- the Seahawks were always the flex team. I, I love yeah. watching them. Are, are you feeling hasty or DJ Dallas, any of those guys this week? So, yeah, I think Hasty could be interesting. Maybe it was just a one-week thing with McKinnon. See, I was in on – I was I had him lower last week, McKinnon, but I thought it was going to be Hasty week, not not Jeff Wilson. Um, he has just not – McKinnon has not looked right after they worked him hard that one game coming off of two knee surgeries. Maybe the mini-buy, uh, they turned back to him. But Hasty is the guy I'm ranking the highest uh, on the 49ers running backs. I know McKinnon will be more involved as receiver, but uh, people liked Hasty's juice back in the preseason. He had an opportunity to go to a couple other teams, but man, they did everything they could to keep him to the practice squad. So he is the interesting guy there for me. And the other side, I don't know. You tell me, P&L. I think it's Travis Homer. I know he left injured, but Carroll's already said that it's not going to be something that's going to bother him. But is it DJ Dallas time? I don't know. It's like I said, I like the the setup for the passing offense in this game. Both running backs banged up, uh, defenses. Uh, it's set up for a fun, a fun aerial attack. I just hope Jimmy G can keep up because you know yeah. Russ is throwing for for three fifty and three in this game. That's for starters. Maybe you'll do better than that. I did take the Seahawks and spot the points, but I'm hoping Hasty is ready for a breakout game too. The New Orleans Saints uh, spotting four points at Chicago. Man, did the Bears. Just look awful in that Monday game. We can't look. We can't, every game can't be great. You know the Arizona Seattle game was fun. It was overtime. You know it almost went the full seventy minutes, and then we had to watch the Chicago Bears play football on a day where there was no baseball. So it was nothing else to change to, and that was just painful. Anyway, the Saints are four point favorites. One of the lowest totals you'll ever see in today's NFL. Forty three and a half. Nobody feels good about that Bears offense. 
I think I took the Bears. I don't even remember. I, I think it just, again, reflexively taking a home dog. I don't really trust the Saints. Sean Payton's driving me crazy with his Taysom Hill business. What do you make of the Saints and Bears? Yeah, I took the home dog. I know that the Bears offense is a, is a problem, but their defense is legit. It's four points at home outdoors. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I took, uh, took the four points here. Do you think I, – I hate even saying this, but do you think the Bears need to consider going back to Trubisky, or is it just Matt Nagy's the problem? I would probably, yeah, I know he is. Foles does not look great. You're right, and now Allen Robinson is banged up, you know, dealing with possible concussions. So, um, at this point, I would probably give Foles a few more games. But um, I hear you; he has not been the solution that uh, people had hoped. So we're going to skip the Sunday night game with the Cowboys and the Eagles because that game is off the board. I'll just say really quickly: is there anything? I'm a Richard Rodgers guy. Is there anything fantasy related to that game that is interesting to you? Yeah, it's actually one of my DFS picks, so we will get to that. I, what okay, would you lay? What would minute. you do if it? What, what 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 spread would you put this at? Three and a half or seven and a half for the two on the boards? I would lean more toward the seven and a half, right? I would expect more yeah, carnage. Se- something right? around a touchdown. Something around yeah. the touchdown yeah. feels right. Okay. At this point, we have to write off Dallas as a horrible football team. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Well, speaking of horrible football teams in the NFC East, and by the way, if you speak up um, after I introduce this game, if you think there's like a prop bet on who to win this division, because you know, the the football team is on by this week. We'll get to see Dallas and Philadelphia Sunday night, and maybe we'll even get the bet on it when they decide on a quarterback. And then Monday, you get another NFC East team. Tampa Bay, probably the uh, NFC favorite right now, is spotting 10.5 points at Chrysalis's New York Giants. The total is 45.5. Man, I think I took the Giants in this game again. It's just so many points on the road, but I mean, Tampa Bay's got the best defense in football. And even with Chris Godwin out, they have so much skill talent, I don't even think it matters. I, I guess it's just a question of how engaged will the Buccaneers be in this game and, and how many times will Dimes give the ball away. I mean, D- Daniel Jones is a walking turnover. He can't move the ball. I like that offense a lot more with Shepard back. I've always been a Darius Slayton guy. Um, it's not a game I would bet on. Again, the big spread, the road favorite, just things I like to stay away from. What do you make of the Monday game? So I know the Eagles are getting healthier, but I think I actually would lean Washington to be the favorite in that Me division. Too. I'm a believer in that defense. And Kyle Allen, I don't think it's just a small upgrade. I think he's fine. I think he's I, – I would pick Washington now. Really curious if I could get some odds. I would I would like that. I'm with you here. I took the, the Giants in the points and didn't like it whatsoever and could see this being an ugly game. Uh, Tampa Bay is just so loaded. Um, I, I ranked both Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette as borderline top 20 backs in this matchup, especially, you know, with Godwin out and Evans banged up. But the defense is so legit, could get ugly, as you said. I mean, Danny Dimes had five weeks without a touchdown, so I don't know how they're going to move the ball, but that's a lot of points. Um, so I, I held my nose and took them. Yeah, I'll try to make sure we have it next week because I know you can bet on divisional stuff over at BetMGM, our betting partner. So I'm going to try to get some intrigue going with the NFC East. I agree with Washington. I like – I think Ron Rivera is the right coach at the right time for that team. And they believe in themselves. They have a good defense. Yeah, you know they can be vulnerable on the back end, but they're going to rush the passer every week. They're getting Gibson going. We know uh, Terry McLaurin. I almost called him Kyle McLaurin. Uh, Terry McLaurin is a terrific wide receiver. And maybe Kyle Allen was the right quarterback for them. Not that he's anything great, but you know they didn't really trust Haskins. They look nasty. I would not want to play that team. You know, Gibson is, is a scary player. I mean, it's, scary. it's frightening to think how little he played in college. Uh, can you tell I really don't want to talk about the Giants at all? But, um, yeah, I'm going to take the points in this and game. And you can't but, do anything about their backfield. Freeman's hurt and Gallman. I mean, it's a Monday night game. You're going to wait and play the best defense, too. So, fantasy, they hurt you there, too. I mean, yeah, they're not having Evan Ingram's dropping every ball. Maybe he might get traded. but They should I, trade him. Yeah, I don't blame you for not wanting to talk about him. I mean, it's it's ugly. I mean, Daniel Jones, everyone loves, you know, fantasy looks like the next possible superstar because he could run, and now it's just he's buried. It's, it has not gone. Andrew Thomas is benched. I mean, their top 10 pick, left tackle. I mean, it's it's not great, man, in New York. It's really well, Let me ask not, you this. Let me ask you a Tampa Bay question. If I said, Dalton, I'm going to magically put one Tampa Bay offensive player on all your fantasy teams. You don't have to make a trade. You don't have to give up any of your fab allowance. I'm just going to put a Buccaneer on your team. You can only have one guy. Who would you pick? What a great question. Oh, man. I would have been all over Ronald Jones, and now Fournette's there, and Godwin's hurt. And Okay, I'm going to say Ronald Jones still, but, man, I don't know. I could see Fournette just being a monster, getting all – Brady loves throwing to his backs. I think both those guys are going to be interesting. I'm going to say Ronald Jones, uh, but what's your answer, Pino? My first thought was Mike Evans, but then it's like, well, eventually Godwin will come back. Eventually Antonio Brown will start playing, we think. Scotty Miller is something. The, w- the weird thing here is that 
I think I would still go Mike Evans, although I would be tempted. I'm such a non-Fournette guy, but I like that they used him in the passing game know, last week. I know, I know. But then again, there's been so many stops and starts. It looked like it was him, then it looked like it was Jones, and Fournette was hurt. I know. Every week it seems like a different guy. You know, some weeks Miller does nothing. Other weeks he looks terrific. The ir- irony here is the player who's become the most – Brady's been a good player, but quarterback's not a problem anybody wrong, usually wrong. needs to solve. So what, what, what does it help you? I know your fantasy teams probably have good quarterbacks. The really funny thing about this team is the one guy who's easy to project every week is Gronkowski. All of a sudden, he's turned into a very reliable tight end one. I mean, he's not going to challenge Kelsey and Kittle and those guys, but he's like rest of the year, like maybe tight end six, tight end seven. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's why I'm ranking him weekly now. It's funny. Right after he trolled everyone, he said, I signed here to to just block. And then he's been getting a lot more targets. Obviously, O.J. Howard getting hurt help. Mike Evans might be the right answer there. But, uh, man, if he's so hobbled and and Brady Brady likes a quick release, so his downfield doesn't work great. Of course, at the goal line, he's been making it work. But maybe the answer here, my other answer is uh, the Buccaneers fantasy defense would be my Yeah, there you go. I, I don't have allegiances to defenses, but they're the best defense in football. And uh, you would think... They're going to put up a nasty score against uh, Daniel. I know. Jones. The more we talk about this game, it's like I want to lay the points, and I'm in a two strike survivor thing. I'm, I'm, I think I'm I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. Yeah, I I, I lost survivor with uh, back when I thought Cam Newton and the Patriots were good. I got knocked out of your survivor pool. Well, I know you want to talk about that Eagles Cowboys game, so let's get to our <laughs> DFS picks for the week. There's somebody on the Eagles that you're excited about. Yeah, Boston Scott at just $18. They're treating him like a workhorse. Obviously, the setup's so good, especially if they're down, you know, if Andy Dalton's out, that's going to be a nice game script for for them. But uh, yeah, Richard Rodgers is, is super cheap there. Uh, there's a couple. Uh, oh, Fulgham is what I was going to say. Sorry. Uh, Fulgham is respected, properly priced at $24. I like that because now Fulgham is, man, he's just getting the targets. And it's fun having the Sunday night game and having a couple of you, you know, the DFS main slate on Yahoo. So Boston Scott at 18. I have him as a borderline top 10 back this week. I don't like the price on Fulgham, but man, three straight double-digit targets, and he can win as the X receiver. Grant, he's not a great separation guy, but he's good, and they need him. Uh, I'm interested in Richard Rodgers if we don't get Dallas Goddard back, and it looks like he might have a chance to play this week, which would totally wipe Rodgers off the map. But until Goddard comes back, we know Ertz is out several weeks, so I, they need Rodgers, they need Fulgham, and Rodgers at 11 looks good to me. I also think Darnell Mooney, as much as I hate the Bears' offense, he's looked pretty good this year to me. And Robinson sounds like he might be hurt. The Saints secondary isn't what it used to be. I also want to mention producer Ragu has his lock of the week, Gio Bernard at 17 bucks. We talked about Mixon probably being out, and that's a game that should feature a lot of scoring. Bernard is a versatile back. They don't seem interested in using the guys under Bernard, so you would think a very healthy market share and snap share for him is in line. I think 17 bucks is a nice value there. Who are you fading in week eight, Dalton? One of these weeks, Mooney is going to catch one of those bombs for sure. And Rogers, just $11, nearly the minimum. Totally with you. Um, I'm avoiding Alvin Kamara at $40. Obviously, he's Bold. a star. But yeah, I'll give you a juicy one here. So Yahoo's just half PPR. That's going to be a slow-paced game in Chicago against uh, you know really strong Bears defense. And when you compare it to uh, Kareem Hunt, who's $30, $10 cheaper, um, I actually have Hunt ranked higher. So uh, my avoid uh, this week, if you're playing Yahoo DFS, is Alvin Kamara. Wow. Uh, the number one running back so far this year. By the way, is it, does it suck that we don't have any James Robinson this week? The number two running back in yeah. PPR? Amazing. Man. Yeah. I, I, know, I don't but... know how I can live without uh, the Jaguars this week. It just it doesn't seem – I'm just going to be in a, in a little ball weeping quietly because I don't have Robinson this week. But that's gutsy. I'm going to fade Mark Andrews, who I actually have played. I'm not proud of this. I played him a few times in DFS. I know he had that Philadelphia matchup. I thought, oh, he's going to score multiple times. I think in Fearless Forecast, I predicted multiple touchdowns that week. But Baltimore doesn't pepper anybody with targets, and they want to be run first. And it, I don't know. I just – Andrews still has a lot of touchdown equity, but on I can't On 20 catches. He has, like, well, the amount of touchdowns on 20 catches this season. Right. Yeah, the targets have not gone up despite Hayden Hurst leaving. What's happened there? Yeah, it's not a good yeah, matchup. Yeah, same with Hollywood Brown. I mean, he gets open a lot. I feel like I, I would fade him, too. I don't know his price off the top of my head. But it's – I thought the Ravens were going to be, like, one of those three or four offenses we'd be thrilled to have. Their backfield looks like a total mess right now. I don't know who you can play with any confidence – and even Jackson's been a little bit of a disappointment. So I, I guess this is kind of turning into a mass Ravens fade. I, I did pick them in the game, but we know how Pittsburgh Baltimore games are. Maybe the under is the play in that game, right? Don't they always play like a 20 to 13 or a, a 14 to 12 type of game? I, I don't see Maybe I have to upgrade that because it's 2020. It's so hard to play defense, but that's not going to be 30, 27. And that's going to be no, like I'm with you. Both quarterback, 
both quarterbacks don't look right. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Deontay Johnson's one of the toughest players to figure out in all of fantasy this season. What a what an interesting uh, guy leaves hurt every game, but is absolutely the clear number one when he's on the field. So he's he's been bizarre. But yeah, that's an ugly game that I would try to yeah generally fade fade in DFS. So Dalton, tell our listeners what you're working on this week. Um, I sit start column coming out Friday and uh, just sitting here sad with another near win futures bet, another loss. Uh, so close, but so far. But congratulations to the Dodgers. Uh, yeah, frustrating. Though. But we'll have to do maybe next week or sometime in the near future. We'll have to look at some Super Bowl odds for this year and we'll get another near miss prop that you get. You know, you, you'll get a team to the Super Bowl. You won't hedge it. And then, uh, you know, we'll have something to talk about in exactly. February. So let's let's make a. Just a little bookmark here to talk about that in the near future. Of course, if you're into the podcast game, Yahoo Sports is the place to be. This show is on five days a week, as you know. Let's also talk about the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast with Charles Robinson and Therese Paler, who are also fantasy players. They're in a 20-team bloodbath league with Dalton and myself. Andy Barron's in that league. Uh, Charles is the commissioner of that league. So those guys love to talk NFL, Charles and Therese. And they also sneak some fantasy into that program. And college sports are are going. We got Big Ten footballs back. The SEC has been going all along. If you want to get into the college game, we'll have basketball before you know it. The Yahoo Sports College podcast with Dan Wetzel used to be my uh, Berkeley, Michigan um, town mate. I think he's moved away from me. I don't. I don't know why he would do that. But Pete, Dan Wetzel, Pete Thamel, and our old friend Pat Forty now of Sports Illustrated. They've been together for a while. They have great chemistry and they know everything about the college game. So play the fight song and listen to those guys. Follow us on Twitter, Yahoo Fantasy, Dalton Del Don. I'm Scott underscore Pianowski. One more shout out to Ragu, our ace producer, making us sound good on the radio, on the airwaves, and your podcast provider of choice. And one more thanks to Planters. You cannot get a more delicious, satisfying, salty snack than the people of Planters. Keep those cashews coming. Tomorrow, Andy Barron's, Liz Loza. They're going to preview the rest of the eight the week eight games for fantasy. You want to check those guys until then straight cash homie back in black. We are out. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.